0: Thank you for tuning in. Today, I'm interviewing Rustin Yasinpour on AI and Creative Spaces. So yeah, as I said, uh, thank you for taking the time. I've been very excited to have this conversation with you. Uh, The actual motivation behind starting our podcast in the first place was this exact conversation on AI tools and creative spaces. So having a conversation with someone within the creative space itself uh, that uses it and has experience before and after pre and post AI tool conversation is something I've very much been looking forward to. Now, am I pronouncing your name correctly, Rustin Yazdampur? Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's pretty good.
0: Thank you. Yeah. So could you start by just introducing yourself and uh, letting everyone know a little, a little bit about yourself and your history with art?
1: Uh, yeah. My name is Rustin Yazdampur. Um I got started with art very early. As a kid, I took uh, art lessons in elementary school, learned how to draw and paint. And then I kind of stopped focusing on art for a while once I got into junior high. But later on, I picked it back up again in high school, and that's when I started actually experimenting with programs like Photoshop and learning how to make digital art with the computer. Mm -hmm. But yeah, my experience with art was pretty off and on for a long time. I'd basically be pretty active drawing and painting or making stuff on the computer or absolutely not doing it at all. Mm Mm-hmm. So, but that all changed about like 2016, 2017 when I discovered generative art. And um, after I quit the software industry, I actually got pretty heavily back into art and been making art every day ever since. I guess I just negotiated a new relationship with art. It's not necessarily a cope per se, but it's mm-hmm. it's definitely something that um, allows me to. Explore things that I have in my mind or just express something that I've had on my chest. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's become kind of a therapeutic hobby for me. Yeah. And you uh, said,
0: sorry to interrupt. You said you've been having this new relationship with art since 2016.
1: Yeah, close. It was actually more around uh, 2017. And that's when I really started to explore the potential of basically using the computer mm-hmm. to express myself. You can definitely get from point A to point B very quickly versus spending time with your sketch pad or, you know, or having to constantly buy supplies. It's definitely expedited that that process of Mm self-expression.
0: And. In since that, that renegotiation you said with, with art in 2017, you've had a more consistent relationship with it. And you, you mentioned that it's a hobby. Uh, to what extent is it a hobby? Do you do you make money off of it? Or is it just I, pre, purely personal?
1: Yeah, it's kind of been both. Uh, I did make money off of it for a while. And I guess that's it's usually related to how much effort I feel I, I'm putting into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, For a while, I had an Etsy store and I was uh, producing designs and I was actually working really heavily on art every day. And this was back in like 2021. But then life took me down another road and I actually wasn't making enough money to justify continuing the Etsy store and actually got pretty busy in my own personal life with other stuff. So, But ever since 2021, I've only sold like maybe one or two prints. In 2021, I I sold like maybe 40 things and that was mainly due to I was kind of treating it like a job. I started an art collective and I was trying to be really productive and I was putting a lot of effort into my art. Mm -hmm. I was making a lot of op art back then and generative designs uh, using code. And this was all before the advent of AI tools or like Mm -hmm. the the, the advent of newer AI tools. I actually have made money in different ways, which we can get to later, but uh, I've I've mainly treated it as content for me to blog, you know? Yeah. Con- yeah. Content for me to share.
0: And uh, do you want to share real quickly any platform or blogs, like you said, social media or anything that uh, people can check you out on while we're talking about it?
1: Yeah, I have a blog that's... At times, been a, like an art, artist collective, but it's mainly now. It's just been a blog, just because the collective part of it has disintegrated over time. Just, just because people get busy. Like with mm-hmm. art, it's like people are either on or off. They're they're either consistently doing it, or life takes them down a different direction, and they either have to you know get a full-time job or do something else and they can't make as much art mm-hmm. or they just you know they just don't want to do the collective thing anymore yeah but so mine is uh, called nar it's a play on words for garbage uh-huh. so it's g-n-a-r-b-e-i-g-e and that's the Instagram handle. That's the main place that I'll blog to. And I'll also just blog on my personal Facebook account. And I like I have a I have a half dozen blogs that I do, but that's the main one.
0: Cool. And do you mind me asking what you do for a job if this has uh, been demoted down to a hobby again?
1: Yeah. Um I just uh got a new job. I'm gonna be starting testing software and video games for a company called Lion Bridge here in my hometown. And that's starting at April 5th. But before that, did landscaping for two years. And then before that, I was in, I worked for a multinational software company and was a teacher in grad school. So I've done like a whole bunch of different stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. And where are you from?
1: I'm from Boise, Idaho.
0: Got it. Uh, and I, I think I cut you off. You were going to say something else.
1: Oh, yeah. I guess my relationship to work has basically been an interesting one it's been influenced by a uh, struggle with mental health and other things mm-hmm. confidence issues but um, I'm trying to so I just got this new job I'm trying to get back into the tech industry I was kind of wary of putting myself out there for a while just because I got pretty burnt out because mm-hmm. I, I worked for as a consultant for a multinational company and it was pretty intense three years but uh, I'm getting back into it and I'm I'm trying to uh, basically jumpstart my career again.
0: Mm -hmm. And now before I get into the specifics of the conversation itself on AI tools, you mentioned mental health. Do you mind going into a little bit of detail there on how mental health has uh, its relationship with art for you?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, For a while, um, I struggled with I I have bipolar disorder and I've struggled with uh, I've struggled with that. I guess a lot of the times, it's just uh, art has helped me express what it feels like to be in whatever state that I've been in. Um, it's just been kind of a reflection of whatever I'm experiencing with that. Mainly, I've just been pretty stable for the last several years, but for there's there's been rocky times where I've just been manically creating or just expressing how I feel in a depressive state. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's just been kind of uh, cathartic actually to do that um, and to use various uh, art mediums to do that. And I guess like it helps me to relate to other people because I can express how I feel. And then other people, you know, it helps me feel less alone because other people will see my art and relate to it and understand exactly what I'm getting at and uh, talk to me and make new acquaintances and friends.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I also uh, suffer from bipolar and I understand personally that it is extremely, it can be an extremely difficult thing to deal with, especially when it comes to personal relationships, because, you know, the, inherent nature of the disorder itself is instability, which can be a hard thing to balance for people that aren't experiencing it themselves, you know. So I hear you when it comes to art being a way to something cathartic and being a, a, a way to relax and, and deal with that, express yourself that is something that I specifically have a perspective with when it comes to this conversation. and it's actually one of the main motivators behind my position that I'll explain in just a second and and why I want to have this conversation in the first place. So I uh, when the AI tool conversations really started to get heated heated up recently, I was having a conversation with those close to me. And I am very excited for this because, I view it as kind of an equity tool for to bridge the gap for individuals that have wanted some type of creative outlet, but have been a- unable to do so, whether due to physical uh, limitations, mental limitations, or just time. And when I talk about mental limitations, I'm talking about you know um, some of these mental struggles that, that we suffer from, including, I also have very, very advanced ADHD. So it's very hard for me to commit to something and being able to cut those corners with generative art and in digital art itself itself. is something that helps me be able to sit down and start something and commit to something because it, it it helps get past those barriers that would otherwise otherwise prevent me and lock me out of the creative space. So that's the uh, the general position that I take on this argument uh, is is that AI tools is is really a way to expand the creative space to to those that have wanted to be a part of it but were really locked out of it for for reasons such as this. Now, um, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I think uh, a lot of ways it's. It's made art more accessible, which is great. One of the main subscription-based uh, image generation companies called MidJourney. They operate on a DMCA takedown policy. So, if artists feel like they want their art removed from the training set, they can, if they believe copyright infringement is evident, they can just contact MidJourney and go through that process. Now, I don't mm-hmm. know how great that process is, but I mean. Yeah, I think there's a lot of nuance to that mm-hmm. because at the, on on the one hand, like we do we kind of want to respect artists' privacy, but on the other hand, the, the there's a need for this innovation and this creativity
0: mm-hmm.
1: and there's a need to promote it as well because like you're saying, it's actually s- something that could be very therapeutic and helpful for a lot of people
0: mm-hmm.
1: and there's a lot there's there's a lot of opportunity for collaboration with this with this tool. But that being said, you know, it's it can be kind of rough. Yeah, there's always winners and losers with technological advancement. But but it's always going to be like the way you adapt to the tool and how you work with it. Um, Because I've, I've worked with traditional artists myself and we've worked together to create stuff. There's a lot of opportunities to keep artists, existing traditional artists, whole. There's a lot of un- avenues that haven't been explored yet. This is all very new stuff, so yeah, I think it's, I think the technology is expanding faster than than we can figure out how to navigate relationships to it.
0: Mm-hmm. If
1: that makes sense, it's yeah, just it very well put. the The, the algorithm for Midjourney is basically updating every one to three months. So they're always creating new algorithms. They're always creating new versions. Um, they're, they're, they're always creating new models. And it's all happening so fast. Mm-hmm. All the ethical issues and all that and whatnot. It's very hard to get around to dealing with all those nuances.
0: Yes. And, and do it, real quickly, if I can interject, can you actually expand on what those ethical issues are before you continue? Just so those that are listening are familiar with what those arguments are.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of artists who feel like their their art was trained. Images of their artwork were used in the training model of popular AIs, and they mm-hmm. feel like their art was trained without their consent. So basically, a lot of that is uh, being discovered because, you know, people will use the AI and type in a specific style. Sometimes you can even just explore different artists within Mm -hmm. different ai tools if using text to image generation like if you wanted to see a van Gogh or this or that it's all just basically contingent on what you put in the prompt and you can see and so some people feel like their art is showing up in these ai images and they they never agreed to have their art trained um so Mm -hmm. there's some copyright infringement cases Popping up, but like I said, like a lot of these companies that develop these products, they do have takedown policies. Um, mm-hmm. So those—that's kind of like the main ethical thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, it's it's hard to say that, like we've uh, kind of discussed before, not on this call but in email and stuff. You know, things that are being created are not exact replicas.
0: Correct to what you're saying. Just to clarify. Uh, you've mentioned training with the AI. So, I in in my previous conversations, there's been misconceptions that they are uh, replicas or direct ripoffs. But rather, what it is is the AI tool is looking at these pieces of art as a reference for them to. For example, they're looking. If you want, if you want the AI tool to draw a boat for you, it's going to look at images of different boats. So it learns how to draw its own boat, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's basically creating, it's synthesizing data. So there's a lot of, there's like uh, key phrases, like the key phrase boat, and then there's the images of the boat. And mm-hmm. so it's it's creating a big knowledge cluster with all those different images and synthesizing all of that data. But it's not drawing directly from the data itself. It's it's learning about all those images in the and tr- when it gets trained so it's not a it yeah it's never going to be uh it's never going to draw the exact same thing that, that actually the way the way these algorithms are trained it's actually a, a lot of complicated math and machine learning so it, yeah it's so complicated that you can't even really mm-hmm. you can only kind of explain it from a high level
0: yeah and The ethical question surrounding consent of the artist is something I I just want to quickly expand upon real quickly because it is the argument I hear the most. Uh, Also, it says that the meeting will end in 10 minutes. When it disconnects us, we can click on the same link and just continue.
1: All right. All right.
0: So uh, the argument that I hear uh, the most often is that consent one. What would you say to those who argue against that saying that all art is derivative? And using the AI tool as uh, to to create, for example, a boat which uses other artists' uh, boats as a reference to learn is no different than you looking at another artist's picture of a boat and, as a reference while you hand draw it or or through other traditional means. What would you say to that argument?
1: Uh, I would say it's not a straight answer. It's more like so the extent that you're stealing is. Basically, going to be based on how you're crafting your prompt. Oh, if you're just okay. if you're just typing in art by artist name, you know,
0: got it, then, got
1: it. Then you're really you're you know there there's not much creativity there, and you could be generating a lot of really similar like images that are really similar to. Existing art out there by that artist. And mm-hmm. if we were to go and try and sell those, I don't think personally I wouldn't do that. Um, but if you're, you know, being really innovative and combining multiple artists in your prompt and ex- exploring different aesthetics and you're creating uh, basically the extent to which you create something new, unique, and novel is all boils down to your prompt. Yeah. And it's not like uh those people who are are cynical or, are 100% wrong and it's not like those people who are completely cavalier about AI are are 100% right. It's about how you go about it. Mhm. I've made a ton of uh I've I've explored it just sometimes I'm just exploring how, you know, how well the AI can actually mimic traditional artists. Like one of my favorite artists to uh included in my prompt is Hilma F. Klint and she's a famous abstract painter from Sweden who died quite a quite a while ago in like the 20th century I think or
0: <clears throat>
1: she has a really cool um abstract aesthetic with very beautiful color pattern and I don't think like for, just because of how much I I love Hilma and her art I don't think I'd ever be comfortable marketing some of my ai art that i've made with her artistic style for sale i'd always want to you know pay it forward pay it back to her foundation or yeah it's it's a very complicated depending from person to person uh thing yeah. some people might even think differently some people are, are so rigid with their conceptualization of how ai art is created that they'll just be like well no uh, anything you make with AI art, you know, is an entirely new piece of art and, you know, you're, you're free to do whatever the heck you want with it. And, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, but I think, the, you know, people's feelings about it are just going to vary from person to person. I, I definitely know that there's just a mountain of artists out there that are one of the sole reasons why tools like Mid Journey and, and Stable Diffusion have been made more rich and delightful. And so I I think personally, whenever you can, I think the right thing to do is to try and pay homage, pay it forward. If you make something really cool that someone wants to buy, but, you know, there's a heavy influence on some existing struggling artists out there and you're prompt and, you you know, maybe you might want to consider them pay it forward. You know, just Mm -hmm. there's no right answer to this question truly because a lot of people are just going to feel one way or the other and since the legality of everything is not really firmly established you know it's it's always like for the time being it's it's like a case-by-case basis yeah you know like oh something something gets created and some artist gets angry and you know wants wants their art taken down off of a ai platform so Mm
0: -hmm. which the nuance that I'm hearing you highlight, which, you know, it, it depends on the prompt and how similar the output is, because, you know, you could quite literally just have your prompt be uh, basically creating a replica of this artist's style rather than an original thought. Um, what I'm thinking about when I hear that is it's it's not all that different from traditional art, because you could have people that are really talented just fully on copy the style of another artist and we run into the same issue into the same argument of just not with generative it's 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 the same conversation but when we think about ai tools it's such a new uh, thing and technology is advanced is advancing quite fast with ai technology so it feels like a bigger conversation but would yeah. you agree that it is it is is the similar conversation just in a different uh set of clothes
1: yeah, well and it's also like you got to take into fe- to effect or into consideration um there are artists maybe they're being trained on but the, you know they're like millionaires or whatever and then
0: mm-hmm.
1: the next then there's some artists out there that are just really struggling or just you know they it's an, it's really hard to be a professional artist and to make ends meet you know and, and unless you've you've made it you know, that's a, just a colloquial expression. Unless mm-hmm. you've made it as an artist, you're constantly in the process of trying to make it. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I, and I think, yeah, it is very similar. Like, if you're just looking at a painting or something that somebody made, and you just trace the design and kind of, like, figure out the color scheme and just create a replica of it, yeah, that's that's pretty much copyright infringement, right? I mean, yeah. it's, no, it's no different. Um, I will say, though, that the ai technology has the uh novel capability of never quite creating a replica yeah but that doesn't mean that there's not a case for copyright infringement to be made um there's definitely there's a lot of artists out there whose style mm-hmm. is carefully who's carefully crafted and they take a long time to create their stuff like uh the main person I'm thinking of is like Alex Gray. If you experiment with Alex Gray in your prompt on Mid Midjourney Mid Journey is uh, very good at replicating his style almost to the point where it's like, it's eerie. It's like, wow, it really uh-huh. does look like an Alex Gray painting. And so, but at the same time, you know, Alex Gray is somebody who's made it. He's well-established. He's always... In my mind, I think he's always going to have work. He's always going to have money. It's just because of how good he he is. I mean, why not just let us be able to uh, use his style to innovate, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Real quickly,
0: the meeting's about to end. Just a reminder, we're just going to hit the same link and and hop back in. All right. So let's actually, I'm going to end it and then we'll hop back in so it doesn't cut you off.
1: All right, are we back?
0: Yes, sorry about that. Thank you for for accommodating that. C- continue.
1: Yeah, so I, I guess I kind of lost my train of thought, but um,
0: Alex Gray, um, you know, us being able to explore his style because Midjourney recreates it pretty well.
1: Yeah, I'm guessing it's. Uh, I mean, the extent to where it's just going to be an ethical issue is, I think it's always going to be the extent of which, like, <laughs> how many artists out there. Uh, haven't made it you know and they're still trying if they if their work is being trained and people mm-hmm. can just copy their copy their style and aesthetic and and then those people that would normally would have compensated the traditional artists the original artists for that work mm-hmm. you know it, it, it's creating a dilemma and it's it's yeah. a lot it's displaced a lot of artists a lot of companies out there and, <laughs> I mean it's hard. You know, I, I I feel for them, you know.
0: Are, are you seeing that these artists are embracing these AI tools and expanding upon their art? Or are you finding that more often than not, they're sticking to the, the methods that they're used to?
1: I guess it just depends on each person, you know, I, I, uh, to an extent, you kind of have to always be adapting to the market as an artist even if you don't really want to let's just this is kind of how the market is
0: yeah and
1: that's kind of that's just this is how it is companies are cutting corners and they're they're no longer paying top dollar for illustrators
0: mm-hmm. if they Which can they'll do in any industry any any way they can they'll cut corners just, and cut yeah. the
1: people out that's just how, that's how it's always been. If I can semi-automate this part of the job and save money, well, yeah, they're a company and why wouldn't they? But there's, you know, there's still a lot of places out there that don't want to use AI art, but those places are going to become few and far between as we get headed into the future. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've just, we've basically been headed this way for a while. It's just, only within the last year or two that AI art and text image generation has gotten really good that uh, the, it's changed the whole landscape of employment.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that leads me to one of my questions. And I think that we've kind of touched on this, but as a member of the creative space yourself, how have these tools impacted your community that you've seen
1: Well, it's kind of allowed us to expand communities and create new ones just because there's a massive influx of content. Like we can just explore our imaginations very quickly, just kind of feedback each other. Like I have a group of friends and we all love to play with AI art and we just kind of ping pong off each other. We'll pollinate, we'll cross pollinate new information, we'll cross pollinate new innovative ways to prompt and all this stuff. So it's it's definitely created more opportunities for artistic bonding and fun. There's just so much fun to be had. Especially like if you're if you're not really making art and selling art, but you're just making art just for the sake of making art, then you know there's really no there's not a lot of ethical backlash that you'll get. I'm just making stuff. And, and sharing it, you know?
0: Right. And do you feel the anti-AI tool sentiment comes more from fellow creatives or more so those from looking in from the outside?
1: It's both. Um, but what I have noticed is that as the algorithms have gotten better and better, uh, I've seen more and more creatives play with these text-to-image generators. More people are hopping on the... I don't want to say bandwagon, but I'll say bandwagon for a while. There there are some like s- stone cold, like some of my artist friends, they're just like they have a adverse reaction to AI art. They're just like they don't want anything to do with it. They think it's ugly or whatever. And that's kind of understandable because there's so many people creating these images. Social media and the Internet is being just hyper saturated and flooded with images from these image generators so some people are just getting sick of you know the aesthetic or you know the the look of images for Mm mid-journey but then the algorithm updates and it gets more like you know the results get better more diverse so it's always changing and it's always improving so like with this new version of mid-journey version 5 it's creating stuff that Is indistinguishable you know from
0: yes i've seen some of those yes
1: yeah so it's like you can post something and people don't even know like i get it all the time like i'll post something and and someone's like how did you make this they don't even they can't even tell that it's made with ai whereas previous versions or older ai technology it's it's fairly obvious it's like oh this person has six fingers or you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. There are particular areas that you could look at, such as the hands that are vulnerable for the AI still. Um, but yeah, no, there, there, there's a huge attention to mid journey art that is like you said, indistinguishable. I think a really popular one right now is the Pope in the drippy outfit uh, that people can't believe is, is actually AI generated and not real. Yeah. Um, so for anyone who hasn't seen any of those, I recommend looking at that one as an example. Pivoting real quickly, have has uh, as the conversation AI tools has become more strained, have you seen uh, or experienced, I mean, those within the creative space talking to you differently, treating you differently, or just your relationship with other artists strained because of your use of AI tools?
1: Uh, here and there some sometimes they they come around not super not necessarily directly but one of the main reasons is i guess people don't necessarily even though i've generated like 15,000 images or something like that people don't necessarily associate me with being purely in just an ai artist so maybe they don't give me as much of a hard time yeah i yeah i have friends that are, probably don't talk to me as much but we're still friends um Mm -hmm. nobody's reached out to me directly except for strangers to talk down to me or anything like that yeah Um,
0: And, and it's been increased that you've been receiving those messages from strangers recently
1: no it's pretty sporadic it's okay it's just every it's every now and then um it's like someone kind of misunderstands the intent or something and yeah it's really just mainly people who are empathizing with those displaced artists I think that have mm-hmm. that have that contention, but at the same time, I've actually made more relationships more newer and prosperous relationships with traditional artists since I started like I've collaborated with uh two or three different traditional artists I've given them images they've made paintings that have been featured in in galleries or just in their personal gallery um so it's just you know it's cool because it's expanded the ability for uh, reference images so it expands the the potential for for creation for even expanding a traditional yes. art
0: because yes.
1: you can you can create a mind-blowing uh, image. And then have it be reinterpreted by traditional artists in the form of a painting or or even sculpture or anything. And Mm -hmm. and there you go. It's I think there's there's definitely a a market. There's a lot of space that that's that's been untapped. There's just a lot of areas uh, that's been underexplored in terms of relationships. I think it's important to For all of us artists to network Mm -hmm. and to still to to still try and collaborate and work together if we if we collaborate and we work together then we're not competing as much i think it's as much as you can as much as you can like collaborate work together network and create together and elevate together as much as you can Um, if you have a sort of selfish mindset and you just disregard other artists. You know, that's not that's not the ethos we want to create within the space at large.
0: Yeah, and that's that's very well put and if there's any space for collaboration, it's this one. Oh yeah. So I've gone through all of the prepared questions I've had for you. So what I want to ask is um, you just take the time, anything that you want to conclude on, anything you want to highlight that you either want to highlight again, or that you haven't uh, brought up that you do want to bring up before, before we're done.
1: Yeah, sure. What is it? I guess I got to ask myself, what is the main thing I want to impart, you know, just have fun and uh, try and have a conscience uh, as much as you can. It's it, It's hard. It's very hard because I've been a struggling artist, you know, trying to make money. And, you know, that's kind of that's part of the reason why I don't even um, I consider this a hobby right now, just because I feel like it's it's really complicated emotionally and and whatnot to try and profit off of all this AI content because there's just so much of it. And yeah, I guess the main thing is uh, I think there is a sort of golden mean, I guess, with how you're with how you're treating AI art in terms of if making money and whatnot. The the right thing to do is to um, honor your influences as much as you can. But don't do that to the extent that you're neurotic and insecure about creating or sharing. Um, just try and have some fun and, you know, before you even approach trying to profit off of these tools, try and master the tools and create goals and objectives and explore be a pioneer. I think it's more important that we explore these tools and we harness their potential, especially like with these with the advent of chat g p t and whatnot. I think it's more important as a collective society that we explore, innovate, and create than We profit from them,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. if that makes sense. I think it's, you know, with all of this technology, I think money should should be kind of like in the background, more of an afterthought. Like, I guess that kind of boils down to how I conceptualize what it means to be an artist. And for me, what it means to be an artist is to communicate your unique experience of the world in a way that's very personal to you. So and that can take a that can take a while. And sometimes you want to communicate your unique interpretation of something that is already out there in the world. And that can take less time. But you know, if you're just getting into AI art and whatnot, if you're just getting into all this technology, learn with it, play play around with it, have fun, explore. If you're wanting to make money and profit off this stuff, take your time with that. Mm-hmm. learn about the entire landscape of AI art, not just it's just creating, but listen to those voices that are often unheard, go and explore different perspectives, get a well balanced and wholesome outlook about everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't just jump right in and start making stuff and marketing stuff at you know, in mass. I think that's just kind of a gauche practice, you know? Yeah. It's just like make it personal. Make make your exploration of all these things a personal, curated experience where you're doing this for your own enrichment and enjoyment above all else.
0: Well put thank you. Yeah, so thank you again for taking the time. Been very much looking forward to having this conversation and it's been a great one. I really enjoyed your perspective of someone that's been in the creative space for for years. Uh, in your perspective on how th- uh, art, the conversation, and how things have changed uh, since then. And uh, if you want one more time, go ahead and plug that blog in whatever other places people can find you just in case they forgot about it from earlier on, then you could go ahead and do so.
1: Yeah, my blog is uh, narbeige, G-N-A-R-B-E-I-G-E. <laughs> Plan words for garbage.